Hello everybody and welcome back to the Jam Sesh. We're we're on episode 10 now. We've right? we fit yeah. the milestone. Yeah. I know a whole episode 10. Um yep. Thank you for listening. Um we're we're going to read some audience questions uh next so if you have any questions you can um go over to our Instagram which is at the Jam Sesh podcast on Instagram. Yep. We normally put a sticker up on our stories, um, but if you don't see that, you can just DM us. Um, mm. So ask some questions or some music stereotypes that you've heard. Um, yeah, yeah. Although, although this week I must admit that I forgot to put on the stereotype one. I think I just put questions. Ah. Uh, so yeah. hence this this week I uh, googled a load <laughs> that we can talk about. Oh, uh, so I kind of yeah. che- I kind of cheated, but. You know? Most of the time, it's from the audience. So yeah, yeah. Um, so don't want to go on to the audience questions. Then yeah, let's, let's let's start with some. Uh, so Josh asks, has four four times something which got boring? Um, I I don't, I don't sure, think I, it has. No, I I think with with time signatures you can make them not boring just with what you do with it. Like I th- I guess it's like um uh. I don't even know. Like if it, with a melody, for example, you can make that not boring by adding like embellish embellishments to it. Um, yeah. It's, I guess it's the same for time signature. Um, yeah. But if you want to know what our favourite time signature is, I think we answered that last episode. Yeah, we did. So uh, go and give that a listen. James. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, I'm just. No? Yeah. Um, there's. Um, what's his name? Uh, Charles Cornell hmm. um, has a video on uh, a song that's I think its nickname is the hardest piano piece or the hardest time signature it's actually 4-4 yeah. four, four, but it's um, hmm. divided in a really weird way so the accent is somewhere different so you should is that, is that, a, pi- is that a pianist? yeah it's a piano yeah piano piece. player yeah. yeah you should watch cool. that yeah yeah um, James asks, "Are arpeggios important to learn?" Uh, yeah. What do you think? <laughs> um, uh, I think so. I think it's kind of in the same vein as um, scales being important mm-hmm. to learn, because um, although whilst doing practice it may seem quite dull and boring, mm. um, yeah. but when you get to a piece and you'll see there's an arpeggio um, written out, you it's kind of muscle memory almost so you don't have to yeah. concentrate as much kind of like if there's a long run if it's just a scale you can you know just kind of play it yeah. fairly easy so I think with arpeggios and scales for that matter as well um, although you may not think they're useful to you when you're doing them um, you don't really know where your where music's going to take you so for me I remember doing my grades and thinking I'm never going to use them so I didn't really like I said, I didn't concentrate. I didn't pay too much attention to them. I, I learned them, but after I learned them, I forgot them within a month. Um, whereas I think if you try and use arpeggios and scales in music, even if it's not music you like, because with me, I'd never knew I was going to go into jazz. And in jazz, scales and arpeggios are one of the most important things to to know and to learn um, for improvisation. So just learn them, like, and 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 practice with them. That's one that I think. A lot of people learn arpeggios, just you know, play them 
up and down and then but they don't use them in in context of a piece yeah um, definitely so so yeah well i'll do one more right. uh so mel asked do you do you two ever compete over music i find this quite funny um, um I, I i have I, a really put, straightforward answer yeah um, I, I don't think we do no like well, is, I, I think there are musicians who compete but i'm not i think i don't agree with competition in music i don't think there should be competition in music like i think if a beginner wants to play with an expert i think the expert should shouldn't like stand there be like oh look at me i can play blah blah blah, blah. um yeah i don't think we yeah. ever like i think if we have something that we want to like share with each other we we like we like to give each other like criticism, I guess, but yeah. Um, but but at the same time, we also tell, like, if you do, like, the other day you did a, a tra- uh, not a transcription, a arrangement of "Isn't She Lovely," which was really good, right? And I'm not going to yeah. say, oh, I could do it better, <laughs> because no. I probably couldn't, but but yeah, yeah, because yeah. well, I I think it would be quite hard for us to compete, um, hmm. because well, we're at different levels because you're you're older than me. And you've yeah. been doing music longer than me, so I would expect yeah. you to um, be better. And we we play different things, um, and although mm-hmm. we may play similar um, music now, um, yeah, I, I yeah, I think it'd be quite tricky because obviously there are things you can do on guitar you can't do on saxophone, and there's things you can do on saxophone you can't do on guitar. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like you said, when it comes down to if we're arranging a piece or doing composition. Um, we'll always, well, not always, but you know, send over like a little clip to each other, or if we see each other at mm. school, which we won't anymore. Yeah. Um, no, no, yeah. In the studio, um, we'll yeah. just like, yeah, and it's it's mostly positive. It's not, oh wow, that sounds really bad. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> most of the time, when it comes down to Callum, his arrangements uh, tend to be fairly spot on, kind of oh, most of the time. Thank you very much. I would say the same. I'll say the same thing for you. Thanks. <laughs> uh, um, right, go on. Let's do a few more. Next three questions from me. Yeah, well, they're not from me. Um, but Harry <laughs> um, asked, um, "Can you make music out of any uh, out of nothing?" Um, yeah, I, I reckon. Yeah, you could. Um, Depends what you mean uh, by nothing. If you mean just, if it just means some air, then well, it's not. I don't know. I guess John Cage made music out of nothing in his. <laughs> Four minutes thirty-three, but yeah, um, um, any anything is possible. Yeah, uh, I think a good example would be Jacob Collier, because um, he makes music out of some very odd sounds. Um, there, there was a video where he talked about um, one of his favorite favorite instruments growing up was rolling a marble on the floor. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, music can be kind of made out of anything, really. Mm. Um, yeah, I saw a guy make a guitar out of a mint box, like a metal mint can. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, you, yes. You, you can buy guitar. You can buy guitars now that uh, um, the body of the guitar is actually an American like oil can. Have you seen those? No. They're it's really they're quite cool and they actually sound not too bad. Yeah, they make they're. They're like fully like with you can buy them. You can go to like a local music shop and you'll be able to find them. Um, yeah, it's quite That's cool. So cool. Um, it's but actually, as you brought up Jacob Collier, um, if we uh, well, we, we probably will carry on 
through to when he releases his new um, Jesse Volume Three. We're yes. gonna have a problem, aren't we, with um, album of the album. week on that on that week <laughs> well, that he uh, releases yeah. because we can't really pick the same one. Uh, true. Um, we, just we'll have to uh, get him first. <laughs> Fight for Remember, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, next one. So our next question is from Pete, uh, and that's what's your opinion on bands uh, evolving into weirdos, i.e. the Beatles. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I I think it's maybe uh, I'm I'm kind of torn because it seems fairly natural. I feel like quite a lot of the time musicians um, maybe uh, not uh, maybe kind of are at the end of their career, something completely different to the beginning. And I think that's completely normal because, you know, people yeah. change. Um, and whether the end result is they are, quote, weirdos. Um, mm. I, I think it's fairly natural, but half of me is kind of, it's a bit sad, you know, because, yeah. I know, I think people have connections to musicians and if they start going off the rails, I think it could be quite sad. Yeah, so the, what I what I almost think sometimes is that when bands go almost off the rails with their music, like they'll just um, like the Beatles started using a lot of Indian features, and um, I, I almost think that if they carried on doing what they did, would they actually lose more fans because those fans are bored of what they're doing? Because um, as we always say, music is always evolving; like people's tastes are always changing. So it's I wonder if it's more of like a almost a business uh, decision to like. We we know we're going to lose some fans, but let's do it in the least like the least um, destruct destructive way possible. So, do you think maybe like if the Beatles carried on doing what they were doing, do you think that they would lose more fans than if they went down their their Indian route? Um, uh, I mean, yeah, it's that, quite that's tricky to answer. Difficult question. But, yeah. um, I think I don't know. I think people would still listen. Um, Mm, yeah, because I don't know I I don't necessarily see the fascination with the Beatles. Uh, I'm not a massive fan, yeah. um, mm. but I know some people that are. Um, I don't know. I think they would obviously get, still have a massive audience. Um, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. It's quite tricky. <laughs> mm. I I have personally haven't experienced. Uh, really like me being a fan of a band and then or an artist and then them changing like i think i'm still in the 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 period where um the 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 musicians i like haven't got to that stage of their career um so i guess i don't really know how that would sit with me if jacob collier started writing metal music i don't know (laughs) yeah Uh, that would be that'd be strange yeah (laughs) um (laughs) But yeah, good question. Um, yeah. Our last yeah. audience question for this week is from Caitlin. Uh, and her question was, should fashion and music be kept separate? Um, yes. Really? I would, definitely. Well, the thing I am like the least fashionable human being on the whole entire world. Like, I don't really care like what I look like. It's not I'm, I'm not... I'm not even like overconfident in what I do. Like I just... I I wear things if I think they're comfortable and if they don't go then, then yeah. that's that's the person looking at me is lost like um but, but so I don't think it really should affect me I know it does and um 
especially in pop music, you know, you have the whole, your image and, um, but I mean, if you look at Lewis Capaldi, for example, he's, I, I don't want to like sound harsh, but he's not exactly the most attractive human being in the, in the world, but he's done amazing things. And um, I think we're starting to get past the whole, you have to be a supermodel if you want to be a pop star. Um, yeah. But what, what do you think? Do, do you disagree? Um, I mean, they are different worlds. Um, so I think in that aspect, um, maybe. But I think it's somewhat inevitable, and I think pushing against it um, maybe doesn't serve any purpose and may, you know, do more bad things than good. Um, mm, true. Because, like, yes, um, you don't have to be fashionable to you know mm. get places mm. but i think still today it helps um and even if it's not necessarily like starting off super fashionable and being yeah. like a supermodel and then getting into music because of that i think what ends up happening quite a lot of the time is um either a musician um will get big and they will change their style to suit a certain audience um, mm. or their style will then be kind of adopted by people um, and like the person that comes to mind is Billie Eilish like yeah. in I know nothing about fashion um, <laughs> which which might surprise a few of you seeing as I am a <laughs> style warrior um, but honestly some of the things she wears makes yeah. me gag it, is it, almost, it, it, it almost confuses me. It's like I don't understand what, like, why, why is that what you want to wear? You know, I, I don't, I don't yeah. know anything against Billie Eilish, and I think actually she has helped the music industry so much in like um, individuality and um, right. things like that. But I still like is that ne- like is that needed? All of the, those somehow some outfits are just crazy, aren't they? Like um, I, I genuinely don't understand how someone can like that. And it's yeah. it isn't coming from like a place of how you dress rubbish. It's like with with most people, I can I can see the interest, but with her mm. clothes that look like just she's wearing a duvet <laughs> with Gucci all over it. It's like how can you like that? So is it is she kind of playing into oh like? an audience or a group of people really like this and so I will get them or is it she genuinely for some reason beyond me likes those clothes and so her audience that listen to her for her music will go actually I quite like it too Mm. um yeah I think it's inevitable um yeah I I don't necessarily have a problem with it um because everything kind of plays into music and music I think in a way affects culture as much as culture yeah. affects it so definitely, yeah definitely good um, well some very good questions yes thank um, you as, as, uh, as, as usual <laughs> yeah um, we we have a, a real question that we planned our answers <laughs> to somewhat um, somewhat kind of I didn't because I'm never prepared um and so the question, should composers write technical and complicated music for the sake oh, of... Oh, there's, there's a typo there. On, there? The sh- on the on the notes, yeah. 
should composers write so we, we, we always have like a sheet of what we're going to do and I, I this week I did it and I wrote should composers write technical and complicated for the sake of it being technical and complicated I mean that makes sense well not really there's no music in there technically we are a music podcast Jake yeah shush I'm not I'm not, I'm um, not sure if you know this but <laughs> anyway um, back to the question yes should composers write technical and complicated music for the mm. sake of it being technical and complicated no I'm yeah, actually really against it um, uh, um, so whenever I'm in the car and I'm DJing because you know <laughs> I'm cool and Jacob yeah. Collier comes on um, yeah my mum kind of she she's torn when it comes to Jacob Collier because she feels like some of it is really unnecessary and she doesn't like it because it's yeah. he's just doing that for the sake of doing it but then other times she's like wow this is actually quite cool um, yeah so there you go Jacob you have another fan uh, my mum oh I think with Jacob Collier the the thing that he like does quite well I think if you don't know what he does to the music you won't notice like how complicated it actually is I think it's when like you watch him like talk about his music and what he does like uh, the, like Moon River for example um, and actually his latest song uh, not not sorry not his latest song his uh, what's it called the one Time he did with, with you yes no the one after that he won't what's hold you oh is that okay anyway there's a song basically that goes to a half sharp, I think. Yeah, Time Alone With You. Oh, it is Time Alone With You. Oh, no, no. All I Need. I guess. That, I think that's the one. I don't know. It's, one of they them. They probably all do, but... Um, yeah, so with that one, when I listen to it first, you don't notice, but you, you, it, but when he walks you through it, and he tells you, oh, yeah, and in this chorus, we move to a half sharp. I, can't, I think it's D half sharp. I can't remember. Um then you kind of realise, oh, like, wow, that actually does change the, the the feeling of it. And my first thought was, do you actually need to do that? Can you not just, I don't know, add, add a few extra instruments? And um, But, yeah, yeah, I think he does it in a way that it doesn't sound, oh, I don't know how to word it. doesn't sound, uh, on first impression, it doesn't sound complicated. But when you look at it in a more, like, in-depth um, analysis, it is very complicated. Um, but I agree with you. I agree with you that, um, if you're if you're just trying to write technical and complicated music because you're like trying to show off um, and and you know music has to be musical I know that sounds really vague but if you make a piece of music that is so complicated people can't relate to it because it's so far away from music if that makes sense yeah um, um, like when I was thinking about this question um, I also thought of Petals by yeah. Sarajevo, is that yeah. how you pronounce it? Um, yeah, sorry, yeah. And it is. It's not. It's not musical, is it? Although it no. is music, no. it's not pleasant. And I think that's that's one of the things that is quite vital to music is whether it's pleasant. Because um, mm. you you can have a bit of crunch, like you yeah, can definitely maybe play definitely. quote wrong notes, but as long as you go yeah. somewhere with it. Yeah, um, but honestly, it's just noise, and it's. I, I have a grudge against Edexcel, who so it's an A level piece, and yeah, um, I have a massive grudge against them because it's so clear that they've just thrown in a piece that 
you know, they kind of think, oh, we need to throw in something that isn't like, isn't really, is, is really, no, sorry, is really pushing the boundaries of music. Um, and it's so difficult. I, I, no, I don't, we have, sometimes we have to have um, essay questions, don't we? And mm. you get a choice. And I, I, use, I can't imagine any student will go, oh, I'm going to write uh, a 30 mock essay about uh, how Sarioho makes use of a electronic cello with a harmonizer and that's it. Like, it, oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, I'm really against that kind of stuff. But no, because you have to you have to learn it. Yeah, oh well. Um, yeah, I think that's it for that question. I just want to bring up one more thing. Okay. Um, and that's um how complicated music can actually be quite powerful as well. Yeah. Because, um, so if you take we always use this example, and in fact, no, in fact, I think it's only me that uses it, but. I mean, that's Rite of Spring um, by Stravinsky. Um, when I first listened to that piece, um, I didn't necessarily kind of... It wasn't the most complicated music I've ever listened to. Um, I've listened to more complicated uh, music before. But what um, what struck me for that piece was, like, not necessarily the pace of, of the... Not the pace, the, the note length and how quick the notes are being played but it was more like the counting that the, the performer has to do um so i know in one of the they're not movements but one of the pieces in right of spring there's like a section where the time signature is changing like every two or three bars yeah and when you listen to it without re- like looking at a score you don't you don't really notice it you notice something something weird is going on but you can't like tell oh this is really difficult to play and really complicated but i mean me and you went to go and watch it didn't we uh, um was it yes was um, it lpo i think it was yeah london yeah um yeah so and we spoke to a flautist that's how you sell it isn't it flautist flout flout flout, flout. oh I, I don't know a flute it's player that plays the flute yeah <laughs> yeah um and, sh- and she was saying how complicated it was and how much time you have to spend um like practicing and getting it right and that is one of the most unbelievable pieces of classical music ever written it's one of the most famous pieces um so you know there is an argument that's that's kind of like well complicated music does have its place in in music because um there's some very very like important uh pieces that are complicated um so i just wanted to make sure we had both sides of the argument rather than just no we don't like complicated music well, um, can, can I just build on that again really quickly? Yeah. Sorry, it's just me. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so complicated and technical, uh, like you said, we kind of need both sides. So I'll just bring up another point like for mm. it. Um, and I think that would be with warm-ups. Um, mm, okay, yeah. So if you did warm-ups on your instrument that were not technically challenging or complicated, I mm. think it wouldn't you know, be as good of a warm-up. Um, and and that isn't to say the warm-ups have to be impossible, but they have to, you know, actually get you moving. Um, yeah. So there's a saxophone warm-up um, that I tried once, and I can't... There were lots of steps to it, and I, it was hard, but my, mm, you know... Because yeah. I think... I'm just going to expose saxophone for a bit. Um, it's actually quite a lot of effort in the forearms. Um, 
because if you don't, because it's all moving your fingers, which actually kind of affects your forearms. Um, mm. And so if you don't warm up properly, if you're doing a long gig, you're going to be, you know, wrecked by the end of it. Um, yeah. And so I, I attempted this warm up for a practice once and my forearms were burning. Um, <laughs> and it was just like, this is, this is very complicated. Um, mm, yeah. But they, they do have benefits because... I think they um, increase your ability because you'll recognise yeah. more things and you'll be able to play more complicated things slightly easier. But yeah. um, so, so that'd be slightly on the foresight. But just doing it because you can. Um, yeah. I think yes, you could. Um, I think though, as long as it sounds somewhat pleasant, um, I'm fine yeah. with it. Yeah. I think for me, it's, if I can't hear it, it's complicated at first like glance, but for, for when I first hear it, then mm. I'm I'm happy. Like I don't I don't yeah. need to listen to complicated music because I just yeah I just don't think it's um, like needed in music. Um, yeah. But yeah. Oh, that, yeah. actually, that's another thing I want to talk about. I keep <laughs> sorry, I keep forgetting things to talk about. Um, a level in GCSE music. This is another thing that. Um, really, really bugs me in that when you're composing, you know, you're you're pretty much forced to write technical music and complicated music because you've got boxes to tick that say you've added this feature and you've added that feature and you've made sure you've changed time signature or changed key signature. Um, where you know, it's very it's almost more difficult to compose at A level than GCC than in your in your in your spare time because you're almost restricted in A-level music um, in a way that if you're composing at home um, you are free to do whatever you want it doesn't matter if it's really simple and simple music is generally kind of a lot better that's that's the stereotype of what it is um, but when you're composing in your school and you've got teachers down your throat the whole time going oh but you haven't done this and you haven't done that um, yeah, it, it, it demoted me so much about with composing. I, I'm, I don't know if that is the same for you with yeah. um, A level music, but for for me it was kind of like, well, I don't if I don't want to add something. Like I remember talking to my music teacher, who was actually quite good and told me ways that I could add them, but it wasn't it didn't ruin the piece. But I remember him like saying to add um, a certain feature that I, I just didn't want to add because I thought it would just not it would just ruin the piece. Yeah. Um, and um but i did it um against my will obviously but but um but yeah it's just it's just one of those things that um yeah. bugs me about about music in schools i think as mm. a general general thing anyway we should probably move on yes um so uh, is music important in theater mm. This is uh, another interesting one. We always say that about our questions. Um, we are What's, not big-headed. We just need something what, to say after we've read the question. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts? Um, so, uh, I'm not sure if many people know, but I'm going to study film music. And what's interesting is um, kind of we associate um, film music with kind of... It, film music makes you feel a certain way when you're watching mm. a movie. Um if you played, have you ever um, did did uh, did you ever listen to like a 
random piece of music um, to like a really meaningful and dramatic scene in a movie. Like I can't remember. Um, I had I watched a video the other day where it was a Star Wars scene where there's like a battle scene, and these two characters that like, have a a stare off, um, mm. and it's like really intense music, um, and then someone overdubbed like a what's that really famous romantic song? Not Careless Whisper. I can't remember what it's called, but anyway, it's like, it was, it's just, it was just, um, yeah, that's what, film music is basically there to um, tell an audience what to feel. Whereas I think theatre, theatre music, I think, yeah, theatre music um, is, is I think more important in the, the actual story. Um, like if you look at musicals, um, a lot of the time the music in musicals is part of the, the story, like, because they're singing. Yeah. You you you're you're learning stuff about characters as they're singing, whereas in film music, you're not really. You're just being told what to feel. Um, so it's definitely got a different purpose. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, I say it's it is important. I, I can't imagine watching a musical without any music. But at the same time, but and I know that's kind of a stupid thing to say. But um, I also couldn't imagine watching. In fact, is there any? I mean, I guess there's some theatre that doesn't have music, but. Mu- can't speak doesn't have music um but i've never i've never ever watched a piece of piece of live live acting that hasn't had music i don't think have you um um no i'm, I'm struggling to think the minimum hmm. i can think of is maybe like a little vamp from the strings yeah but no i can't think of anything because hmm. it the acting and the the lines can kind of um, explain what's happening, but I think the music yeah. um, kind of says something and makes you feel it. I think it's a lot. Yeah, this might sound really kind of like hippie-ish, and you know, but <laughs> just bear with. Um, I think it impacts your. I'm trying to think of a way of saying this. But okay, I'll give up. It kind of like hits your soul, <laughs> you know, a lot quicker mm. than words can. Um, yeah. And I think it makes you instantly feel a certain way. Yeah. Because um, I think, although you can interpret music in different ways, I think it's. Um, uh, we we spoke about this last week, but almost universal. You know, like yeah, if you hear a minor chord. <clears throat> yeah. Sorry, you probably know it's a bit sad. Um, yeah. Or if you hear like dissonance, it's probably quite tense. Um, it's it's so, interesting you say that because as you brought that up, I remember like if you go to like a pantomime, a pan, a pantomime. I can't speak today. A pantomime. <laughs> um, whenever like there's a villain or something that suddenly appears on stage from I don't know out of nowhere, you get this like massive um, either minor chord or diminished chord. Um, mm. As as like the lights go down, and it's like a red light on the. I don't know why I'm like just thinking of that, but um, but you're right in that that if you if you like played like a uh, like a a piece of happy music, like I, I don't know, uh, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, as the villain comes up from the stage, it's it your <laughs> your like train of thought is going to be so different, or it's, it's subconscious, but um, yeah. As you hear that minor chord or diminished chord, as the villain goes up, your your senses are already kind of yeah. like, oh, like something something's going to happen, or all oh, this guy isn't good, or um, uh, yeah, 
Yeah. I I think right. there are chords and- that are inherently spooky and then there are mm. some chords or sounds that are inherently like victorious and you know big and grand um yeah i i think it would be quite not boring i think it would have to be incredibly well done for there to not be yeah. music um and i think it has to be done for a purpose not just oh we can't afford a pit band um mm. but yeah I, I i would say it's important yeah did it ever annoy you um this is probably just me being an absolute nerd but did it ever annoy you when you went to a like a theater and you know the they start off and let's say it's a musical they start off and you hear the music and then you, you're trying to spot where the pit would be and then you realize oh wait there's no bands they're playing did it ever annoy you when like when you'd hear music but there was no pit band yeah i don't know if that's just um, me i I've only had that happen once because oh, okay. the um the I I've only ever been to the theatre either for the panto or mm. for a musical. Um and so there were pit bands for the musicals because they were on the West End. But the Panto in all uh, in where we live, um has a band. Well it's hardly a band, it's like two keyboardists. Okay. Um Okay but they play all the sounds and so I've never had um, the time well I've had it like once and that yeah. that was kind of frustrating because I think it's different isn't it when it's pre-recorded oh yeah yeah definitely Do you know, one of my favourite types of musicals is when the people on the stage are playing as well I think it's so like skillful to act and play and then play in time with the pit band There's, I went to a uh, have you heard of the Commitments? No. So they're like an Irish jazz band type thing, and they have a, like okay. a musical, and it's really cool because all of the actors play music, play like the the pieces of music, um, but they also have a band as well that are like playing sometimes with them. Um, oh right. But that yeah. I, I I'm not really a big fan of musicals, but um, there's some musicals where. I mean, yeah, that's the kind of musicals I like. Um, but anyway, we're going away from the question. Do you, well, first, of all, do you think um, it is important? Um, yes. Before we go into further, think it is. yes. Cool. It, did, Glad did we wrap that one up. I think it's. Yeah, I, def- I definitely think it's important. Um, I couldn't it's... imagine going to going to a music going to a, th- a theatre performance and not hearing any music whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Like I said, I think it would have to be done for a purpose and done well because yes it just adds things um definitely, anyway definitely. the next question we we actually mm. we spoke about this uh we were messaging each other about this and yeah it ended up being a question on here because i was getting quite um you were involved. getting very heated yeah. yes um what is jamming and are there negatives to it um mm. now I, I couldn't find there's an instagram post and i couldn't find it um, again, I think it must have got taken down or something, I don't know. Um, but it was about, I, oh, I can't remember exactly what it was. Wasn't it about how jamming sometimes is, um, almost discriminates against, was it, oh, I can't, was it like basically people who aren't white males? I, I can't remember exactly what it was. Do you, do you remember? No. Basically, it was, it, it was along the lines of, um, a lot of the time in jam 
sessions, not jam sessions, because that is what we are. Um, they there's often like not prejudice, but like people thinking that they are better than others just because of maybe their education, their background, their uh, gender, race. I don't, I don't know. Um, so, I mean, I'll let you um, discuss. Uh, the main gist was that people think that we should ban jamming. They think that jamming is um, not cool and they don't think we should do it. And there's another thing they want to get rid of as well, but I can't remember what that was called. Um, um, yeah, so from from my memory, it hmm. was essentially saying, um, like going into kind of band practices and people being like people jamming um mm. it can um be almost kind of like closed and it can be quite daunting and it's um basically yeah. an excuse to show off um yeah. and um my my struggle with it was um it's it's not necessarily about talent um in, in my yeah. experience um people jamming whether i have been involved in it or like just seeing people do it it's mm. um in in a way showing off but not in a hey look i'm better than you way um yeah. it's kind of I, I think i explained it or tried to describe it as when you go to the park with your mates for a kickabout right people will be doing football tricks i don't know any football tricks or the names of them but you yeah. know people will be like doing some fancy things or whatever and it isn't to go oh i'm better at football than you um it's yeah. like hey i learned this over the weekend it's so cool isn't it and you go yeah or no that's rubbish but most of the yeah. time it's wow yeah that's cool i also learned this and it's a time where you can actually like get together and i think it's one of the the few times in music where you can be absolutely awful like hmm. honestly dreadful and you you'll have a laugh with your mates still but it's it's not a place to go hey you're bad at this it's yeah i think people don't actually care what you play because i think the music is only really a vehicle for you to hang out and mess about and kind of like vibe with your friends um yeah so that that was my yeah. thoughts on it. Yeah, def- I'm just I'm just actually reading through our messages. Um, yeah, and uh, the other thing was vibing. I don't know why people disagree with vibing. I mean, vibing yes. is yeah. Part, surely vibing is the sole purpose of music. Like, if you if you vibe to a song, which if I mean, is, do people do people know that word? I guess it's it's just when you basically when you really enjoy a song. Um, yeah. That's surely that is the purpose of music. Right. I don't understand. Why, why shouldn't we? Um, I think maybe in some, like, the person that did this um, Instagram post maybe was referring to um, vibing in a band situation where yeah. um, you've got lots of people um, and I think you said how when you joined FMD, um, like, people grooving with each other and um, at first it, it's, like, seems quite daunting, but when you realise the social aspect of vibing and... Uh, grooving and jamming like um it's 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 it doesn't really all oh, the ice cream van yeah the ice cream van <laughs> <laughs> get, 
Can you get me an ice cream? Are you hot in there? Um, I don't have any money. No. Oh. Um, Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. I've lost my train of thought now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we... We always use ASB as an example, but I think ASB is almost like a... I don't want to call us role models because, you know, I don't think we are. But it's the, whole, like, like, purpose of, the whole purpose example. of ASB... Yeah, I mean, we, we're we all about um, community and jamming with... Like, we, if you come to one of our rehearsals... And we've had a couple of people who maybe listen to this podcast who have come and listened and sat in with our rehearsals. Like, they're not serious at all. And I remember running... I, I ran the band last year or this year um, just gone and sometimes that's quite difficult um, because all all you guys want to do is play and that's so cool but um, but that's what ASP is about it's, it's about you know we just want to play with each other and have fun um, like just stupid things like um, you, you the, the horn section went off and the rhythm section went off and um, the horn section was supposed to learn this part for a tricky um, it was a Sean Martin piece the yellow jacket yeah and um, I was with the rhythm section. We, you know, were working very hard on um, the very difficult uh, rhythm <laughs> section parts. And um, I just went to go and have a have a look and see, you know, how the horn section were getting on. And as I walked in, um, <laughs> all I could hear, all I could hear was you guys um, harmonising the <laughs> the lick. Yeah. And I just, uh, <laughs> I just thought, I mean, that is really cool, but. Like, um, what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> but that's but I I I can't like say oh you should have been doing it like because you're not you're not if you, maybe if you're sitting around on your phones doing nothing then I would have been like come on guys let's actually play some music but yeah. you weren't you were playing music and you were having fun and I can't really that's what that's what jamming is so yeah, I, yeah. Um, it 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 frustrates me sometimes um, that people like almost think they have this like ability to go oh well you shouldn't do this in music because you should be doing this instead well you know you can't really dictate the music industry like that unfortunately right. um, um yeah, that's probably one of my that's one of my favorite stories from sb just <laughs> just remember yeah. walking in just, um, um yeah the, anything else to add? the the person spoke about kind of it being whether you can do something or not and mm. and that kind of got me and they had it um, to do with vibing, like whether you can play the lick in all 12 keys or something, um, yeah. whether or not you're still like a valued mu- musician. And I'm like, I actually haven't got that impression from uh, grooving or vibing or whatever, because um, I think it isn't to exclude people at all. I, it's um, not like a boys' club or like only good people can play. I think it's actually. Mm. Um, I think what I said was it's a time to laugh at how insanely wonderful music is or something like that. Um, yeah. And it's just like a time to groove with each other, you know, like a time to mess about. Um, yeah. Uh, just to refer to ASB again. Um, yeah. I think it was just before a concert or a jazz supper or something like that. And we were going to rehearse. And yeah. um, we... I think we didn't have our sheet music because we had learnt it without sheet music, but we yeah. just needed um, kind of like a set list or the the layout of the pieces, like how many times we were going to play the head or something like that. Um, yeah. And you went out to find our drummer because she had gone missing or something like that. Oh, really? 
but yeah so you had left and it was just the horn section and you had yeah. told me to run through the pieces um yeah. and we ran through them and it got to solos and um my solo was take my breath away oh uh, yeah take my <laughs> breath away da, da, da. yeah that was essentially my solo because i thought that was funny um mm. and um i don't know if you remember this or not but i remember it and it was you came back and we had harmonized um <laughs> so the the horn section so the alto sax tenor and trombone were playing chords whilst i was playing take my breath away and then the trumpet was playing that and as like a counter melody i was doing my heart will go on um from <laughs> titanic and just like it is but in in that scenario it isn't oh um a trombone you can only play the chords it's yeah. it isn't like that at all it's people start playing music and yeah. um other other people will interject with their own thing and it will add on top of it um yeah. another story is i was trying to record for my gcse performance mm. and um what piece was it uh i think we were playing strasbourg and um yeah. we were waiting for the recorder thingy my bob mm. um to come yeah. um with <clears throat> sorry i'm dying um with with the head of music he was meant to come down he was a bit late and mm. um we were what well, what was the piece it was something stupid um i don't know i don't remember come fly with me or something like that really um <laughs> and so like um my brother was on the bass cuz he was still in it mm. back then yeah and so he was playing you were playing on the piano um yeah. ed our trumpeter was playing the melody and then the rest of the horns were doing like their own thing and harmonizing it and it's actually yeah. completely irrelevant to what we had yeah. to do and we were just wasting yeah. time but it yeah. was to have fun and it wasn't again oh you bassist over there you're trash stop yeah. playing it was yeah. a time to muck about yeah um, that, that that's one of the things with like sb have gone have been together long enough now um, especially the horn section. I think the horn section is unchanged since we start. Since you started, I think we've um, added a trombone, but that was only after. Oh, oh, time. really? Oh, yeah. okay, fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, the I always kind of have wanted like the community aspect of SB to really like shine through and it not be um, it not be just a band where only people who are playing the music at that given time. Are, like I. I think it'd be such a cool idea to like have a almost a group of like a large group of people who are associated with a band because being in being in a band is quite weird because although unless you're the band leader you're you're generally selected um yeah. and especially at school a lot of the time um when you leave uh when you leave a band because you're going elsewhere like different school um you know you're not that's it like you're never going to you, you don't. You probably won't even know what the band are going to be playing next term, or right. um, whereas I think with ASB, um, like involving anyone who's been in in the band before, and I know that's impossible sometimes with um, school. Like I know probably I won't play with ASB again, um, but I'm still like kind. I'm I'm not. I'm still kind of involved in in the fact yeah. that you know if I want to um, arrange a piece for ASB that maybe you guys are going to do next year, then I will, and. If it if it's not used then then it might be used in another in like another five years or something like we just don't know. Um, yeah. 
we've gone well, way over, we've gone way past the topic of jamming but yeah um, but it is but yeah. kind of related because i kind think of. the ultimate purpose of jamming is to mess about and it is mostly mostly with friends or people you have played with yeah. for a long time um, definitely i think another example but like you said we've been playing for long enough um i yeah. think we can kind of tell where yeah. each other are going to go um and and i think it does increase that sense of community like my my brother who ran asb just before you the year before yeah. you he's living in wales now right but he's yeah. still involved in asb yeah. like he's still we have a group chat just to organize when we have our rehearsals um yeah. he's still in it we haven't kicked him out i mean <laughs> I don't think we can. I think he's the admin. Um, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's. I think music does create a sense of community, and um, yeah. I completely understand it can be daunting. Um, yeah. But I think mm. it actually just takes that little time to almost relax into it. Yeah. Because it took me quite a while to realise, particularly in jazz, not yeah. people don't really care. I think it's it's a time to have fun. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's nice if the music sounds good, but hey ho. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, as we've just discussed our band ASB for the past fifteen twenty minutes, I guess we should probably <laughs> plug uh, plug ourselves a bit more. And if you want to go and follow us, then we are ASB band on Instagram, um, and we'll shut up about ASB now and move on. Yeah. Um, yes. So uh, we're going to do our story, um, and this one. Uh, so we've done I think before we've done like our worst moment um, when performing I think or have we done or maybe it's just worst moment in music I can't remember but anyway it was something like um, this week we're going to do our most embarrassing musical moment um, I, I assume you meant like on stage yeah yeah like okay. performing yeah okay um, do you want to go first sure why not um, why not so this the ice cream van again <laughs> sorry it's a busy um, day yeah um so this comes from the good old days of when i played in orchestra um mm. so i played oboe in the orchestra and yeah. um it was at a concert and the piece we were playing was gabriel's oboe by morricone who is yeah. underrated um we were talking about that um, mm. and it's a beautiful piece um, you know it's an oboe solo um, and so it started and it's uh, I think it's five bars um, before the oboe yeah. comes in but having okay. been in orchestra I was always told regardless of what the music says you come in when the conductor brings you in right so yeah. I, I counted five bars and I was, I was ready to play and then he didn't bring me in, so I just thought I miscounted, and then he brought me in a bar after that. So it was okay. the strings were playing for six bars, and then I came in. But obviously that meant the strings <laughs> were in the wrong place. Well, I was oh, in the wrong no. place. Um, yeah. The strings were a bar ahead, and it sounded absolutely awful because oh. I was playing something that went nothing, that like didn't go at all. with. So were you um, a bar early or a bar late? I was a bar late. Um, it okay. may be... Yeah. I, I would like to say it wasn't my fault because I came in when mm. I was brought in. 
but we played for a few bars and then the conductor stopped and we started right. again and okay. i've never been so embarrassed because it just but i guess awful. i guess with that i mean i don't know so with conductors this is an interesting thing i've conducted before but i've conducted the, i've conducted the big band which i think is probably a lot different to an orchestra um yeah. in that i don't really bring anyone in because a lot of the time people just like big band music is one of the it's like you generally know when you're coming in and when you're not mm. so in that situation is it should it be of should it be the musician's responsibility to bring themselves in um i don't know what the standard of the orchestra you're in but i would have thought it was pretty 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 good i, I would have thought yeah um, it was farnham area or something like oh, okay, that it, it was like a yeah. multi-school one okay you're right yeah so so or you know should the conductor bring in every single person because um i almost feel like if the conductor is bringing in everyone does that make it does it kind of go against the the whole like surely surely it's a music surely basically what i'm saying is it's a musician's responsibility to play the piece um and come in at the right time yeah I guess. Yeah. Um, it's it which was, you which you did, which you did apparently. So well, um, I didn't. Because, <laughs> um, oh. yeah, I I was I was always told, in rehearsals to come in when yeah. I was brought in, so and it was always at the correct time. But it was mm. if he had told the strings to do something, and I wasn't listening, it didn't mm. matter because I was being brought in. So I just played when he nodded at me um but it didn't work <laughs> so maybe i guess maybe was, then in the, yeah yeah it's a that's a difficult one but um were you the only was it's oboe isn't it were you the only oboe yeah. yes well there was another oboist but i was the only one playing because it was a oh, solo okay. hmm. um <laughs> well that just sound yeah. that just sound quite uh painfully embarrassing but um yeah. i'm gonna do mine i'm not sure if it's as embarrassing because I didn't have to stop my performance midway through, but um, I was playing. It was my first, like, I want to say big gig. Like, I wasn't, it wasn't, ma- no, don't worry, it wasn't massive, but um, it was at, um, I was playing with a singer. It, I was in, oh, either year nine or year, t- year 10, I think. I was quite young. I was 14, maybe 13, 14 or 15. Um, and it was at the, um, our local town's, Christmas light switch on it was fine on Christmas light switch on um, and I was on like the it's quite a big stage you've been in it before as well haven't you you've yeah. with FMD um, and yeah so um, the stage was quite big and we were playing quite late on we were playing like five or six o'clock which I think is near the time where they switch the lights on so it was fairly busy um, yeah. now the, the the actual embarrassing part of it wasn't it's not embarrassing like for the whole like you know when an audience listens and they can hear a mistake right. um like it's not really that embarrassing so anyway basically what happened is with um i was playing the guitar and with guitars um they have strings if you didn't know and um the strings are heavily affected by the ambient room temperature um right. so basically uh, I tuned my guitar literally minutes before. Not even, no, not even that. I was literally backstage. I was literally about to walk on and I just quickly tuned my guitar. And it was absolutely fine. Like, it sounded fine. Um, we got introduced. We walked on the stage, blah, blah, blah. Um, I started playing. 
and um like i i I, I kind of thought, oh, something like, is the singer not singing in tune or something Something doesn't sound right. I, I've never played live before and I, I know a lot of people before have said that when you're on stage sometimes you can't really hear it all properly like because mm. you're not at, you're not in the optimal listening position. Sometimes you just can't hear properly. So yeah. I kind of carried on and, I, and we played two songs. So I tuned again after the second song, after the first song. Um, and... Uh, Basically, I, I I noticed in the second song, like my guitar slowly drifting away um, from its its original tuning. And after I got off the stage, I went to go and tune my guitar and see if it had shifted anyway. Um, yeah. And it was actually half a sharp up. Jeez. So what had hap- what had happened basically is the strings had got so cold because it was in the winter. Right. that they'd um, stretched out even further, meaning that the string gets tighter, which therefore makes it sound sharper. Um, now, luckily for me, um, not many people can hear that. No. Um, and, uh, but I remember listening to it back and um, I was just like, oh, like why didn't I just... But I, I don't know what I could have done, really. I mean, no. I'd never played live before, never played in the in like zero degree temperature i mean i guess i could have maybe i tuned it down a bit and then it would have naturally gone up um but i mean yeah it was for me it was embarrassing for not i mean no one else it was embarrassing really but um yeah kind of sorry for the singer as well because it made them sound out of tune but it was actually me that was out of tune yeah. um, um yeah. i mean but i, I guess you're fortunate mine. because it was kind of gradual um, yes true <laughs> it wasn't just like true a semitone up in one chord. In fact, you know, it was it was genius. I transposed <laughs> midway through the song to uh, what key are we in? B. Uh, we're in B flat. So B. How how would you make that B? Um, I've completely gone. My mind has just gone blank. B. A sharp would have been no. Yeah, we would have been A A harp. No, what would have been in? What What's happening? <laughs> I'm just trying to think what key I would have been in. If I was in B flat, and it's gone down half a, you know, it's gone up half a sharp. I'd be in B half You'd flat. Be in B. Yeah. Oh my brain! I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know, but basically, I did it before Jacob Collier, so therefore, I'm better than him. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yes, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> No, the moral of the story is to make sure that you tune your guitar a different way when it's cold, because they don't like it. Is that the same saxophone? The saxophone's got to tune in like hot or cold weather. Um, I don't know if it's. I guess. I guess not uh, because I don't you're. Know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've now I haven't. I've I played in. I, I started then. I started noticing when I get back, like on a hot day, for example, and I get back home from school and I play a guitar, and it would be flat it'll be flat because as if it as the heat goes up the strings loosen um so then huh. it gets flat but yeah that's weird yeah and it's also mm. very annoying yes right let's do um, some musical stereotypes um yes so as i said uh, at the beginning um these aren't actually yours sorry they are from google except there's one that i might have put in which you may know which one it is <laughs> Um, when we get to it, but uh, do you want to start with them? Or are you... 
sure, sure, why not? Um, so the first musical stereotype is 20th century music is pointless. <laughs> um, uh, so on, so I'm going to, um, if I haven't mentioned, I'm going to uni um, and we have a, like a group chat and there was a guy who, I won't name any names, um, although he probably isn't listening to this podcast. Um, he he was basically, they were having a debate about um, 20th century music, in particular kind of avant-garde um, composers, so composers who uh, compose quite weird music um, that is kind of drifting away from westernised uh, ways of making music. Um, and basically they were saying that it's just, all it is is just a load of noise and they're not really um, thinking musically about what they're composing. They're just trying to... Um, it goes back to the question we said at the beginning about making music complicated for the sake of it being complicated. Um, yeah. But no, it's not It's not pointless, um, I don't think. There's some songs uh, like Sarajevo that I don't really like and have a bit of a grudge against, but yeah, in my opinion, I don't think it's pointless. What do you think? Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm sure there's some lovely pieces to come out of the 20th century. Um, <laughs> whether I've heard them or not is irrelevant. Um, hmm. Yeah, I I I wouldn't say it's pointless. I'd say quite a lot of it is um, uh, annoying. <laughs> uh, I guess hmm. would be a word for it. I, no, no, I think would be my answer. No, it isn't yeah. pointless. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> um, the next stereotype is the lick isn't actually that spicy I found this uh, on a it was a comment left on a video of Adam Neely's um, <laughs> and it was yeah when because he does he does like Q&A and every Q&A before he says the Q&A he'll play the lick um, yeah I mean um, ooh, <sighs> it's not really that spicy because it's technically diatonic so it's ten- all the notes in the lick if you're playing it in the right key are the right notes like they're not there's no chromatic notes in there um, yeah I'm, I'm sure you could do spicy things with it oh yeah definitely whether it's inherently definitely. spicy um, or I don't just know. by I'm... itself yeah I guess that's opinion yeah you know? true um <laughs> That's an odd, odd thing to answer. Um, it is, yeah. <laughs> the the next one is there's no point doing music if you don't enjoy. What? There's no point. Yep. Doing music if you don't it's enjoy like playing listening music. to music. Yeah. I mean, does anyone not enjoy listening? Are there people that actively protest listening? I think. To music? I, yeah, I think. I think there definitely are. Um, like. There's people who are kind of uh, like they don't agree with music in the way that it expresses feelings. They think it's like a there's oh what was it? It was a forum. I'm so sad that I know all this stuff, but there's a forum um, that uh, talks about this and how people and it was it came from like the mental health side of things. They were saying how music is a shortcut to um, like try and. Uh, like heal depression I think some people were saying like people were saying how music negatively impacts people who um, their mental health maybe isn't as good because the music is 
falsely um, like giving giving them false information about what life could be if you do this. I, 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 again, this isn't me. I completely disagree with that, and I think there's some music where there's, there's some powerful music that could do that. But um, I mean, yeah, there is no point. Um, no, so there's no. Yeah, so I I think. Go on. I'm, I I'm just. I I am genuinely struggling to find a situation where someone is fine playing music and performing, yeah. but they don't enjoy listening. I, I mean, if you don't enjoy listening maybe, to music, maybe, then why be involved in it? Maybe this was more about um, playing playing different music to what you're listening to. So like uh, playing. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'm just saying. Maybe this is what this person was on about. Like, I think there's definitely people who maybe play classical music but listen to non-classical music. Right. Um, well, I, I I think there is a point in doing that. Um, we spoke about it yeah. last episode. I think. Um, yeah. It's important because it opens your eyes to new things. You learn different things. Yeah. Yeah. It's like eating. Yeah. Exactly. If, if you if you know if you want to delve into a new culture. And you want to, you know, start. You've got, you've got to try different foods to know if you like it or you don't. Exactly. Same with music. You've got to listen to music to know if you like it or not. If you don't, if you don't like some types of music, that's fine. But anyway, uh, right. You'll do one more. The yes. best one. Um, so I'm pretty sure this you found off the internet, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It was on. It was a Google search. I just searched in um, yeah. the jam sesh, and this is what it came up with. Um, so the stereotype is the jam sesh is the is a good podcast. I nearly Do you know the what best. the funny thing is? You, <laughs> I I use the worst possible adjective to describe the the uh, our podcast. Wait, you made this? You yeah? I just I just I thought, threw it in. I thought this was an audience one. No, no, <sighs> because I I just wanted to you know maybe add in what an audience may think. <laughs> <laughs> it's an average one. I've, I wouldn't even yeah. go that far. It's fairly mediocre. We're, um, we're we are just having a chat, basically. Yeah, we're having fun. We're jamming yeah. verbally. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Do you know what's really annoying is that you can't. There's no software yet that's been introduced where you can jam in real time, and it's re- it's really frustrating because um, I teach uh, um, in the week, and when I'm like. I can't I can't play with students anymore like I have to either I have to play with them out of time or they have to play with me out of time um, it's just yeah it's annoying that you can't play in real time but I guess it's just something yeah that we have come to get on. over anyway come on guys get your stuff together yeah yeah jeez uh, mm. anyway this this next one I found really funny um, so flutes are the most beautiful instruments you never hear and saxophones are also the most beautiful instruments that you hear too much. <laughs> um, false. How dare you? Um, what? Yeah, it is. It's, that is so true. I would say I hear way too much of the flutes and they're always out of tune. Um, and I would say I never hear the saxophones because <laughs> the trumpets are too loud. So <laughs> there you go. I mean, nah. I, I would I say... Know saxophones are in a tricky situation because um although you are a woodwind instrument you think of yourself as a brass instrument or a horn um which means you feel 
almost peer pressured in acting like a trumpet player, which means you have to be incredibly obnoxious. (laughs) When in reality, you're a woodwind instrument, which means you should be really pretty. Um, So in my own personal experience, I hate flutes. Honestly, they're so screechy. Like, yes, professionals sound good, but at (laughs) school, they are... Sorry, sorry. But they're always out of tune. And, right, I don't even care, right? If there's a flute player at our school listening to this right now, sort your attitude out, okay? Because you're always so mouthy. You always think you run the show when you don't. You're irrelevant. Honestly, oh. all of them, they're always like, oh, anyway, Jake, you me. might have just lost uh, the entire, the entirety of people who listen to this podcast. Just Are they really that. people though? <laughs> uh, I like, I quite like flutes. Have you, have you, like, do you like, um, they have do you like jazz flutes? Oh no, like jazz flutes? <laughs> sorry. All I can think of when it comes to jazz flute is Anchorman, <laughs> which is really bad, but I'm, I'm sure jazz flute is nice. Um, mm. Whether I fully respect it yet, I'm sure I will open up to it, but still in my head, it's quite funny. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Sorry okay. about my rant. <laughs> um, right, next one. Uh, violas are literally pointless. Yes. Oh, no, they're not. <laughs> They're so not. They're just big so, violins. <laughs> no, that's double basses. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, no, so uh, when I use strings, when I like write with strings, which I do more of now um, because of what I'm doing next year. But um, I feel like we bring like those kind of things up all the, like every single episode. I'm like, oh, I'm going to university and I'm going to do film music, and then you will bring up, I don't know Adam Neely or Charles Cornell. We just we always have like I think we need a tick box of like when we when we bring them up because I bet you it's every every episode we bring them up. Bingo. Jam set. Oh, that'd be it. That's not a bad idea, but I don't think enough people listening. To be honest, (laughs) I think maybe yeah, and we haven't got any prizes. No, we're broke. Um, um, yeah. So when I use I I almost feel sorry for the viola sometimes. So (laughs) instead of getting them to play like in a chord scenario where the strings are playing like a chord sequence I will always make sure the, the violas are playing the third mm. because I just feel I feel sorry for them and you know the third is one of the most important it in fact probably is the most important part of the chord so I give them the third and I think they're happy with it personally <laughs> those imaginary um, people in your software in, are happy in my it. software oh yeah, yeah they are they definitely um, are I feel like they're kind of like the altos of the string world, like in vocal music. Um, right, yeah. Growing yeah, up yeah. with choirs, the alto parts are always so boring. Um, One the tenors. Yeah, but tenors can often get quite nice counter melodies um, mm, sometimes, so. whereas the altos yeah. pretty much just get the same chord throughout, uh, the same note rather, throughout. But even, even in like Bach chorales when we're doing cadences, it's like you can do mm. kind of fun stuff with all the others because isn't it simplicity is best or something? Um, yeah. When it comes to cadences, bark corrals or whatever. Um, mm. And it's it's honestly the altos just sing the same note and I kind of feel yeah. bad. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I always try and give them 
if I am composing with violas, I try and give them some sort of melody because okay, they yeah. do sound quite nice. I'll, yeah. I'll give them that. Yeah. Yep. yep. Jacob Collier's mum is a viola player, I believe. Is she? Yeah. Huh. I think she played in. Yeah. Anyway, last one. Uh, clarinet is. I feel like what we do in these. <laughs> Like I think I mentioned this last week, we just attack different instruments. Like we do, we just it target. It's quite fun. It's fun. It is quite fun. Yeah, it is fun. Uh, clarinet is the most average instrument in the world. I would disagree with this, and I really? would say clarinet is slightly below average. Um, okay. I oh I kind oh of, below average. Yeah, I kind of grew up with a hatred towards clarinet. I think I grew up with a hatred towards everything. Um, I I think it sounds I'm like that. Way, that. Yeah, <laughs> but I've I've grown to mm. liking clarinets. They've grown on me. Um, they're they're really fun. I think that's kind of as I've grown to like gypsy jazz. Um, yeah, which is awesome. Um, but I always yeah. thought they were kind of like really sleazy, and they sounded like almost nasal. And it was, Ugh, look at mm. me. Ugh, uh. Um, whereas yeah. actually they're actually really nice and they can do some quite pretty things. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess still, the reason that maybe they're they seen as weird. average, huh? They sound they weird. do sound weird though. Yeah, I agree. They've got a very woody tone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe, maybe the reason um, this is a, a stereotype is probably because a lot of people learn it. Um, it's, yeah. it's almost like the go-to if you want to learn music, then you either pick up a clarinet or a ukulele <laughs> pretty and much we all know ukulele isn't a real instrument um <laughs> yeah it is i've got ukulele i play it so do i i if, okay right in the odd times when people ask me what i play and i list the many instruments i play because i'm so talented and wonderful <laughs> not once have i put ukulele in there because it's embarrassing <laughs> you can list every instrument in the world but if you say you play ukulele you're suddenly like oh wow he's not a real musician do you know what i'm gonna make a ukulele um jazz ensemble and i'm gonna blow you away <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna make some uh some polytonal ukulele music that's gonna have <laughs> Odd time signatures everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Okay, and see how successful anyway. that is for you. <laughs> it's going to get so many hits on Spotify, you won't believe it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tour the world with my ukulele quartet, and yes. we're going to sell out all the jazz clubs in uh, New Orleans. Anyway, um, album of the week. Um, my album this week. I've um, we're going back to uh, two old ways. I this was my first this artist i has had as my he how much i'm trying to say basically that i've used an album from this artist in an episode and i think it was episode one that i used really um yeah i think so Hmm. Uh, um and i almost used this album actually in episode one because it had been released but i hadn't listened to it enough for me to be like oh yeah i really like this so um it is tom mish's uh, what kind of music? Um, which is a club a collaboration um, album with Youssef Dave Dayes or Days? I can't remember how you pronounce his name. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool kind of neo soul jazz lo fi type thing. Um, and Youssef Dayes Dayes, I, I I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, he's a drummer, and he okay. um, he's he's actually really cool. Like he doesn't play drums in the way you think drums should be played. Like 
you know how a lot of the time in groove you just have uh, hi-hat bass drum and snare drum right. um, it, he a lot of the time will use randomly like a cowbell or a tom oh, sometimes okay. a splash cymbal like he'll he'll just like throw in random like hits and um, yeah it's really cool when you said he doesn't play drums like you expect it, I was thinking, does he like play it upside down or with his feet? <laughs> or... no, 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 he just uses yeah. cowbell. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't really have an album of the week. That's um, a disgrace. I know. Uh, it's almost like every episode, I just, when it gets to this point, I admit that I'm not prepared. But I, the reason I don't have an album is because this I really wanted to um, talk talk about this artist, and I think I kind of explained my dilemma in a previous episode, where I wanted to kind of like put it out there, but they didn't have an album. Mm. Um, I think they're working on an EP soon, but they have okay. three singles, and that's all they have on Spotify. So I'm guessing that's all the songs they've released. But the yeah. artist is. Um, let me get it right because I always I always mix up the letters in my head. Shannon Lauren Callahan. Um, okay. I always call her Sharon Lonnon, but because <laughs> I can't read. Um, but Shannon Lauren Callahan. She has three songs. It's quite. Um, it's very groovy. She's a guitarist mm. and a singer, um, and it, it's just it's it's cool. It has quite nice groove. Yes very cool cool nice <laughs> right well we have I think this might be our record uh, length of podcast we have almost hit an hour and 20 minutes so Blimey. let's probably wrap it up um, as we always say uh, thank you if you've got this far um, we yeah keep asking us questions over on our Instagram and we on our socials on our individual ones as well if you follow us we normally have something up each week um I think next week we might try and um, I'm away uh, for a week in a couple of weeks so we're gonna hopefully depending on how organised me and Jake are um, we will try and get two episodes up in no three episodes up in the next three weeks um, so that we don't miss a week again because we know we've been slacking maybe but Mm. you're not you've finished college now haven't you Um, well on Friday I finished school, oh, okay. but um, I'm working almost all of summer because I need oh, money. Oh, right, yeah. Um, true, true. We, we very nearly didn't have um, a recording this week because yeah, no. I was suddenly called into work without my knowing. Um, yeah. But yeah, hopefully we can, if yeah. we're organised, get some done. Hopefully. Um, yeah, okay. thanks again. Uh, we hope you are staying safe. You know, yeah. social distancing. It's still, it's still, it's still around. So, um, but yeah, uh, hopefully we'll we'll catch you all next week. Yes. Thanks again. Yeah.